1: It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. And uh, from what I've just heard with our pre-podcast chat, Wayne McCurry is not happy at the moment because he's in heavy traffic. And it's not because of, you know, great economic activity and people are driving around and there's people moving goods and services from one place to another. It's because of load shedding. Not again, Wayne, surely.
0: Yeah, look, I mean... We are now all of a sudden at I think at twelve o'clock today went to level four load shedding because something else tripped somewhere. And the and and the real problem is is that obviously there's no reserve. So just just roughly speaking, mm. our power system has got a very small wind component and a very small solar component, but that's getting bigger. But at the moment it's actually it's it's virtually irrelevant in the bigger scheme of things. Then they've got what's called the base stations, which are the big coal-fired power stations and and Kuburg. But then they've got these reserves. Now, these reserves were built in the 1970s, and there's been a new one that came out about three years ago, where effectively you use water as a battery. So when you've got power, you pump water to the top dam, yeah. and then when you need that power you run it back through the turbines to the bottom dam and that's quite substantial so these things were built and quite logically because they're cheap they 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 heavy sorry they they capital intensive but they're very cheap to run and the idea was you only need power between 6 and 8 in the morning and, and 6 and 8 at night peak power. Yeah. And during the rest of the day, you got idle capacity. So the idea was you run, you fill up the dams during the idle capacity and then when you need it, you just let the water out again. Now, unfortunately because our base load power stations are old and running down and the new ones are only working at 60% of what they're supposed to be doing, you're running these things virtually all the time just to supply power normally. And what happens is the dam levels get low, and then you go the thing where it is scheduled. You know exactly when it's going to happen so that they can keep the dams full so that when something else blows up or when something else trips, they've got capacity that you don't just go from – level level 0 to level 4 with 1 hours notice if if that even if if that because that just causes chaos you know if if i'm told this week you haven't got power mondays wednesdays and fridays between 8 in the morning and 10 in the morning then we'll start work at 10 and work till 7 you know you can, if you know about it you can plan around it and it's not disruptive whereas now with with level 4 I mean, there is literally gridlock traffic virtually anywhere. And just going along the highway, you can see where the load shedding is because the off-ramps to that particular area, the cars are backed up on the highway. I mean, it is just chaotic. And we've had 15 years of, of this going on. With literally no end in sight,
1: and three different administrations, you know, three different ANC yeah. administrations in that fifteen years. Look, they were when... all
0: they were all they were all sort of betting on Kusili and Madupi coming in and sorting it out. And in theory, they should have, if they had worked at if they could work at full capacity. But because of incredibly poor project management or project design or or construction; these things are only working at sixty percent of installed capacity.
1: Plus, of course, you know, the, there and, was and a, there, a, a, an awful lot of corruption, and a lot of money got
0: diverted. I mean, I'm, but, I, but, but, but 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 even that doesn't even matter. You know, it, it, it virtually doesn't matter if these things were working at a hundred percent of installed capacity. You know, we wouldn't have load shedding, and yes. the, the the problem is. For numerous, for many, many reasons, some of them good reasons, but for many, many reasons, ISKIM, the government, decided to do the project management themselves. It wasn't a turnkey operation where you go to ASEA, Brown, Boveri or you go to whoever and you say, build it, yeah, the specs, give me a price. Yeah, that's the price we pay. If it doesn't work to the spec, we're going to sue you and you're going to pay us. So, ISKIM decided they're going to project manage it. And so, everything was parceled out to many, many, many different contractors. And when you put it all in a pot and you stirred it, these things only work. You know, you know. I heard on the radio, they only work at 60% of capacity. But I heard on the radio this morning, a chap talking about, you know, a day late and a dollar short. Well, these were seven years late and 2,200 billion rand short. Because, I mean, it took seven years longer to construct than what they should have, and it cost 200 or 250 billion rand more than what was initially planned. So, I mean, it is just chaotic. And also now listening to the radio. Yes, And, I mean, this is nothing to do with investments or Eskimo or anything, but, but uh, someone phoned in and said, you can't invent all of this in South Africa. You've got load shedding. The matrix started to write their exams, their final exams today. There's gridlock. You know, if, if there's gridlock tomorrow morning, how do these poor students even get to the exam halls? They're going to the exam hall. The lights won't be on because there's no power because it's load shedding. And then I hear the story in Mama Lodi that there's a criminal gang there called Boko or Bok rum, you know, after the yes. one in Nigeria. But there's some chap called, nickname of John Wick, going around, killing all of these gang leaders. And he's killed seven, allegedly killed seven so far. And the, the kingpin, the head of the gang, was shot to death in his silver Mercedes at some toll plaza in a hail of bullets. I mean, you just can't invent all of the, you, you know, you I don't know you, how you it, do it, Wayne. This isn't even fiction. I don't yeah. know how you do it. I mean, yeah, I know well, you talk about the, the story, yeah.
1: all the good things about South Africa, but occasionally you've got to say to yourself, come on now, you can't live your life yeah. like this. I mean, I know you're a very organized person and you're used to it, and you'll always say to me, we've been here before, Lindsay, and we've always survived. But occasionally, eventually, yeah. Wayne, you're going to say, I'm getting on a bit now. Yeah, look, it, I don't want to do it yeah, anymore. It,
0: It does get a little, I'm I'm not about to to leave the country, but sometimes you just think, you know, and honestly, I'm extremely happy that we have a new state president in comparison to the old state president, but you cannot escape the fact that the ANC has been effectively running the country since 1992, and this is where we are. I mean, there's been, I don't know if the number's 8 or 16 or 18 um, council or prospective councillors being killed by allegedly people who didn't get on the council list, you know, for the election vote on Monday. You know, it's political killings going on because the one person didn't like the fact that they didn't get on the list and someone else did. So, you know, sometimes you sit back and say, you know, the true problem in South Africa, the true underlying problem is that the ANC is not answerable to the people because they believe emphatically and unfortunately, probably correctly, that they will get voted in at the next election. Well, of course. So the There's... moment you get that situation hmm. and you're not answerable to the people, you get this collapse of services, you get the collapse of the security force, you get the the collapse of the infrastructure of governance. you know. And as, as I said, I'm I, I very, very, very uh, happy that we got the new state president in because I truly believe that he is trying to rectify the ship. But he's also constrained by many, many things. And to be honest, sometimes I sit back and think, can it be rectified? Can you actually change the, the course of, you know, where we are, because you look, you know, when you, when you sit back and think about it, the service delivery is atrocious. I mean, many small municipalities have just collapsed. I mean, they, they, they cannot pay salaries. They cannot, the ANC can't pay salaries. They, you know, cannot pay salaries, cannot pay Eskom, cannot pay for water. The roads are virtually impossible the the river systems are polluted because of sewerage. We got water shedding here the other day because there wasn't enough water coming through the system and you just think and Eskom, you know, chucking Eskim, chucking all of these things, you just think any other government would be so voted out of power they wouldn't be around <laughs> after that's the because delivery. it's a political but monopoly and I've, yeah. I've
1: always said that there's no yeah. opposition. Uh, hopefully Herman Mashaba will do something with Action SA and something will happen. Well, the who D-
0: knows? Because when you I hope so. honestly, when you look when you look at the opposition parties, you don't want to vote for the EFF because I think that would be more shambolic. Oh, of course I think so. that will be more chaotic. Mm-hmm. And the DA, you look at the DA and you say to them, you are being virtually handed a mandate on a plate and then you look at what Helen Zillis says and you look at John Stearnhuisen and the posters in Phoenix where they praised, you know, vigilante murderers for killing people. Okay, the people they killed were allegedly going to loot their shops and that. And that's a terrible thing. And the whole unrest and all of that stuff, put that in. But is it worth shooting a person to stop them looting? Mm. You know, and they were praised by the DAU heroes. And you just think, what are you thinking? And, you know, and you just think it should be handed to, so our our opposition is completely symbolic. I mean, the DA phoned Mm. me. You know, for the municipal election, they phoned me and they said What did they say? Are you now uh, are you going to are you are you going are you going to vote for us? And I said, Unfortunately, I probably am, because I have truly no other alternative. Well, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm going to vote for you because I ain't voting EFF and I'm not voting A and C and i don't know enough about any independence and i don't know enough about the small parties and all of this stuff so you just sit back, but anyway, maybe today's just the wrong day.
1: Well, it's the wrong day. I mean, I can see that, and, and there's nothing like level four load shedding to get you get you going, Wayne. Make can you, you've, grumpy. You've, yeah, yeah you've, you're really grumpy, which is fantastic. I like We're that. You're properly grumpy. Today. Yeah, you really are. You're an old grumpy. You're a curmudgeon. Uh, i a Wayne. grumpy
0: old grumpy old bullet. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, good. Now just take a deep breath and let's look at something yeah. which is interesting. And that shareholders yes. of both Royal Bafokeng Platinum and Impala Platinum yeah. are advised that the parties are in. Discussions relating to a non binding indicative proposal from Implats to acquire 100% of the issued ordinary shares of Real Baffa King. That's that's interesting. I hope it's good that they're not doing it at the top of the PGM cycle. It's good that they've waited for the market to come back and do it. What do you think of the potential deal?
0: I think they're going to do it. Uh, uh, look, their balance sheets are still at the top of the cycle because eh? mm-hmm. they've got plenty cash nowadays. Yes. I mean, Impala was on on you know on their knees in 2015, and now they've got. But okay, first of all, mining companies have got to do something to try and increase their reserves. Yes, they haven't done it for five six years. They got to do it. Sabania did it yesterday and today. They're buying. Uh, two operations, a nickel and a copper operation. And I can't quite remember what today's story was. But yeah. the mining companies have got to spend capex. So now the Impala and the Royal Baffer King, they, I did read the whole story, but I'm not a mining person. But this, they seem to have some benefits, you know, because they're next door to each other and they can, they, 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 it seems a very good deal. But what else is also interesting, mm-hmm. and we may have even spoken about it last week, I mean, the the RB Platts share price went up 60% in a day last week before this announcement came up. eh? (laughs) So the market's been smelling this one. Something happened. Well, smelling is one word for it anyway. yes, There's going to be a big investigation as to all of those trades that have have happened before this announcement. Because, I mean, uh, yeah, let me be grumpy again. Go on then. Okay, load shedding comes along. The whole internet goes down. The whole wireless goes down. Everything goes down. I don't know why it shouldn't, but it did. The moment loading, my my internet went down and I tried to put my computer and stuff on a hotspot on my phone. My phone wasn't connected. My phone had no internet. So I haven't seen the market since two o'clock this afternoon. Okay,
1: well, I'll cover so your eyes and ears.
0: I think that was up 15 20% or 20% at the moment.
1: 10, 20% yeah. up at the moment. On that Sabanya Stillwater deal, it says here Sabanya Stillwater invests further in the circular economy. I don't know what the circular economy is.
0: No, I'm not too sure either.
1: Yeah. No, but anyway, some PR company has come up with that and they probably got paid a fortune yeah. for saying so. And it expands its tailings t- retreatment exposure through a 20% investment in new century resources new century is a leading tailings management and rehabilitation company which currently owns the century Tailings zinc retreatment operations in queensland queensland australia so this week they've got into copper yeah. they've got into, uh, into nickel, nickel and they've got into and, uh, zinc uh, tailings. through tailings yeah zinc tailings
0: yeah. And the tailing tailings means you reprocess you you reprocess the old mine dumps exactly that's tailings yeah all right, well, they've done it's, that. It's interesting. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm from Kimberley. I know. And when I grew up in Kimberley, there were mine dumps everywhere. Wherever you went, there was a mine dump. If you turned a corner, there was a mine dump. Now, I go to Kimberley not that frequently, but I obviously do go back. The mine dumps have virtually disappeared. Mm. Now, I lived in the center of Kimberley, halfway between the Groot Gat, big hole, yep. and the De Beers mine, which was also a great big hole. In fact, it was probably a bigger hole than the big hole, but the big hole was famous because it wasn't built by machines.
1: Just it was built men with picks and by shovels. Hand, a dad. Yes,
0: yeah, picks and shovels. Okay, so I live between the two groot Gats, there in Kimberley, and it's interesting. Kimberley's got about seven groot gatse. Eh? So there's this but the point of the story is the one the Be- what, what was called the De beer's mine, not the big hole, the De beer's mine. Last time I went to Kimberley, or a couple of occasions ago, when I went to Kimberley. The hole has disappeared. There is no hole. Oh. And this was a Grootgat. So what had yeah. happened is Petra, Petra Diamonds is doing all of that. They processed all the mine dumps that were created by that mine and other mines in the area. And after they processed it, they just chucked it in the hole. Mm. So it's now a flat piece of ground, and there's no more mine dumps. You know, because, I mean, when, when those dumps were done a 100 and – odd years ago, 80 years ago, the extraction methods were highly inefficient. You know, so this whole tailings thing, I mean, even here in Johannesburg, you're very near to the the big, I think it's still called the F&B Stadium, I might be wrong, but the big World Cup final stadium. Yeah. Um, There were mine dumps along that highway the whole way. They're all gone, eh? There's no more mine dumps there. So they're also... So this this tailings thing is actually a big it's actually a big story.
1: I like I've been to Kimberley once and I'm ashamed to say I've only been there once, but I spent a day That's there.
0: That's a lack of place. It's a lovely it's a lack of place, yes. I, I like
1: it. But I went to the uh, the big hole. And it yeah, it's it struck fantastic. me how beautiful it is. The color of the water yeah. and the fact that nature has sort of claimed it for its own and there yeah. was, there were lots of swallows and house martins and things flying around. It was very, yeah. very beautiful. And and, and when you think little, of the history. The whole
0: little, hmm, yeah. And the whole little museum around the big hole, I mean, they moved a lot of historical buildings out of Kimberley into the big hole museum. I mean, the, the John Orr's department store that I used to shop in as a youngster is now, you know, uh, in the museum timepiece. And uh, the Rembrandt, the, the not Johann Rupert, his dad, Anton, I think it was Anton Rupert, his name is Anton Rupert, yes. his first cigarette factory shop. Is also at that mine museum. Hmm. And they've got a lovely, they've got the Barney Bonato pub there. They've got Cecil John Rhodes' railway carriage. But they've got a thing called the Occidental. I think it's the Occidental bar that's open. And you can go and sit there and have a pie or have a hamburger and a nice cold beverage and look at the museum. It's actually very, very nice. And then the Kimberley Club. Now, the Kimberley Club, the Victoria Club in Maritzburg, the Durban Yacht Club and the Rand Club were affiliated clubs, and uh, the Kimberley Club is now run by Protea Hotel Group. They uh, they they're, they're the managers of it, and you can go there and you can go into the old club where where you know it's been there for a very long time, and there's a restaurant there called the C J Rhodes Restaurant, and I once went there on business to Kimberley. And I stayed at the Kimberley at the Kimberley Club. But I was like the only guest there, I think. It was during the week. It was very empty. And I walked into the restaurant at nighttime at 8 o'clock. Yeah. And I was the only person there. And and I, and they, they, in fact, I went to reception. They had to actually unlock the door to let me into the restaurant. And I was literally the only person there. And the waiter came through. He gave me the menu. And I said to him, look, I know I'm the only person here is there anything on the menu that you can't serve? You know, that's he said, whatever, of, whatever is on the menu, we will cook for you. And I had the most delicious Cape Malay lamb curry there. Mm-hmm. It was truly delicious. And that's still, <clears throat> I won't say what it was, but that's still the biggest tip I've ever given at a restaurant. It's very good when you. Because you're, the chap walked in and he said, you said whatever's on the menu will do for you."
1: Very good. Well, I was going to ask you a food question, but you've you've sort of fulfilled our
0: uh, Wednesday. I've our got food one so- more food story. Okay, go on. I went out to Spur on Monday night this week for yeah. the Monday night cheeseburger special. There were about ten of us who went. Yes. And <laughs> it was delicious. Okay. The onion rings were crispy. The chippies were were good. The hamburger was fantastic. And it's such a good deal. Now, I'm promoting Spur now because they used to have the get one, eat, buy one, get one, free Mondays, and then they killed that. But I am promoting Spur now because um, we all had one or two cappuccinos each, this group who went there. The the bill for the cappuccinos would actually cost more than the bill for the hamburgers. I'm sure. And, and tell me, do they still have delicious? the do they still have the salad bar at Spur or has that been curtailed? I didn't look because I'm not a great frequenter of the salad bar. I didn't mm-hmm. actually see one, to be honest.
1: I think for some reason, I, I didn't look for it. For hygienic reasons or something, they got rid of it because, uh, you know, people were, I don't know what they were doing. But anyway, uh, but anyway, so that's fantastic. The Spur. Yeah, the results came yeah. out recently. Yeah, very nice. Okay, Wayne. Well, yeah. uh, how's the traffic going? Just give us a quick update on the traffic and the load. No, shedding. no, I'm
0: out, I'm out of the traffic now. And what would normally take 30 minutes took me an hour and 40, but I'm actually home now.
1: Congratulations. We'll go and have a, a glass of
0: something and we'll and speak I'm not going. And I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going out. And I also promote not a, not a company, a product. Yes. I bought an inverter. What does that mean? And it's an li- electric thing. It's a little box about, I don't know, half a meter. It's a little box. It's, it's, it's a box the size of a suitcase, right. you know, of a medium-sized suitcase. And it's the only thing I've ever bought that was truly plug and play. I, I brought this box home. I unpacked it, put it down. It's got it's on little wheels. I put it down. I plugged it into the wall. And I plugged two lights, my TV, my internet, and my MNet into the other plug they had. Yeah. And I pushed a button and turned it on. And when the lights go down, this thing powers my TV, two lights, my internet, and my MNet. And when the lights come back on, it charges itself. I don't have to go outside and start the generator. And worry about petrol for the generator? It makes a bit of a noise. It hums a little bit, which is a little bit annoying, but it's fine. It is is truly the answer to this load shedding because all you want is, lucky I got gas, so I can always cook, always boil water and cook something to eat. But it's, what do you want when the lights go out? you want your internet to work, you want your TV to work, you want your Mnet to work, and you want one or two lights. And, and got that's it. what I bought. And, I, and, and, and I, it came in literally two plugs and I pushed the on button and it worked. So anyone who thinks about buying a generator and going outside and starting it and getting petrol for the generator, this thing is just too wonderful for it. Very
1: good. Wayne, on that very positive note, you're at home now, you've got your box, uh, you're not going out, you're going to cook at home. No, definitely Okay, jolly good. Well, we'll speak again next week. <laughs> That's Wayne McCurry, okay. Portfolio Manager at F&B Wealth and Investment, somewhere in Johannesburg. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position